Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. On today's episode... Yeah, yeah, there's there's a big one tonight. I'm starting to get a little uh, nervous for it, as I do for these rivalry games as Michigan State heads to Ann Arbor. Yep, they're playing the game this time to take on those Wolverines. We break the whole game down. How on earth does Michigan State win? And then some quotes from Tom Izzo's weekly press conference. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans Nation, how on earth are you doing? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Uh, yeah, just talking uh, Michigan State hoops a, a lot these days. Of course, we like to mix in some football every once in a while, but whoo boy, when it gets into late February as we head headfirst into March, which, yeah, I guess today is March. Holy crap, that flew by. Um, Yeah, a lot of hoops talk these days, so thank you so much for joining us as we look forward to a, a big game tonight. And I gotta say, uh, I was feeling pretty... Fine, just overall, just uh, physically fine. The entire day leading up to this game, doing all my research for the podcast, whatnot. It's like, all right, well, we, we, I'm still riding the high of that football win where we beat them last October. Uh, I'm still riding the high of that basketball win. I, you know, if we lose, ah, it is what it is. Yeah, whatever. And then I click the record button and uh, start recording this episode, and my stomach just drops. Yeah, I've, I've got that feeling in my stomach again, that anxious pit of misery of playing your rival, and oh god, I just, please win tonight, guys, that would just make me so delighted, and probably, that would make you happy as well. We're going to talk about this game, we're going to talk about it in segment one and two, and a little bit in three, uh, but first, have to ask you politely to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. All right, let's talk about this here game. Uh, We're going to break the first segment down into three parts as to what this game would mean for blank. And the first blank is going to be what would this game mean for MSU's seeding in March Madness. That's right, if you know me by now, uh, there is nothing I love more in this world than bracketology. And uh, so, yeah, we got to talk about the seedings as we head into March Madness and the implications as Michigan State just has three more games left in the regular season. So the easy way to break this down is if you win tonight, if you beat the Wolverines and you just go one and two the rest of the way, you are right on that cusp of a six seed. This is all according to uh, BartTorvik.com. Yes, we are just... Whew, shilling his website around here lately. We are just beating his uh, website into the ground here, but for good reason. They do good stuff there. So you plug it in. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Eh, Michigan State beats Michigan, and they just beat one of Ohio State, Maryland, or their first-round matchup in the Big Ten tournament. Okay, you're going to be right on the cusp of the sixth seed. Now, right now, Michigan State is pretty firmly on that seven-seed line. And just like we talked about in yesterday's show... Boy, does it seem like a big jump between a seven seed and a six seed. Yes, I'm putting the I'm putting the cart way, way ahead of the horse because what I mean by that is, well, in your second round game, probably a little more desirable to play a three seed than a two seed because really, uh, with this year's March Madness, it seems like the the ones and the twos are not too far separated. 
Whereas the gap between the twos and the threes, okay, a little more manageable there. So yeah, Michigan State getting up to a six seed line would be great. If they go two and two the rest of the way, they got an okay shot at that. But win tonight, that puts you in a really good position. Or, what am I talking about splitting? Uh, just win out. Just win out and then lose in the second round of the Big Ten Tournament. And uh, Bart Torvik would have them as a five seed. Now, of course, this is just numbers and computers that we're punching this into. And there's a human committee that does this. But the numbers say that, yes, this is where they should be. Now, if MSU loses tonight, not only will I be sad and you know, acting like everything is okay and I'm not bothered by the loss online while I'm just weeping on the inside, uh, you lose this game but you still go 2-1 and one the rest of the way. So you drop against the Wolverines, but hey, look at that. You beat the Buckeyes, you beat the Terps. You're still on the cusp of a sixth seed. So, this is all a long way of saying the thesis of my point is that if you go 2-2 two and two the rest of the way here, that sixth seed is very much in play. I think it would be a coin toss, maybe leaning a little bit to the sixth seed line and the seventh seed. All right. Now, what does this game mean for blank? The second game, or the second blank is... Tom Izzo, and I am so sorry I neglected this on our post-game show of the Purdue episode. There's just so much to talk about, but yes, Mr. Izzo, our Lord and Savior, Thomas Izzo, uh, he sits at 662 wins as a Big Ten coach, tied with Bobby Knight at Indiana. Yes, Bobby Knight had a lot more wins than 662, but this is when they were both at their respective Big Ten schools. Now, should Tom Izzo win tonight? Well, first of all, uh, this would mean that he got to that 663 number in two less seasons than Bob Knight. That's right. Now, I have to add that, okay, when Bob Knight coached his first 27 years at Indiana, they didn't have the Big Ten tournament to tack on some more games there. But that kind of uh, defeats my narrative that I'm trying to bring up. So uh, we're just going to skirt that aside right here. But no, second of all, if you... Beat this record. If you get this record of 663 wins, which would be the most by a Big Ten coach in their tenure, what a poetic way to do it. Well, sure, Breslin Center would probably be the first place you want to do it. The second place, though, how about the place that houses that first hurdle that Tom Izzo had to jump over as a coach? The decade leading up to Tom Izzo taking over in 1995, it wasn't a complete death machine that Michigan was rolling on Michigan State, but they certainly dominated the matchup for the 10 years leading up to it. The start of Tom Izzo's tenure, that didn't get off to a hot start either as he lost to the Wolverines five straight times. But eventually, as we all know, as we all are living now these days, he, safe to say, got that monkey off his back. Uh, this would be his 32nd win against the Michigan Wolverines. So yes, of that 663 wins... 32 of them would be against those Wolverines, uh, a school that he does not like. Sure, he's very cordial about it uh, in front of the media, and yeah, it's shaking hands with the coach. Well, okay, shaking hands with the coach when they're available to be in said handshake line. Um, he doesn't like him behind the scenes. If, if you ever catch him off the record, which is hard, you know, especially if uh, you're not part of the media, and I, I was for just for one year. And even then, it was very hard to come by a, an offhand comment. But sometimes, you, oh my god, he really hates these guys. Holy mother of Mary. Um, yeah, I can only imagine what guys that have been on the beat for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years have, have heard him say about those Wolverines. He don't like them. So yeah, getting this Big Ten record in Chrysler Arena, that, that would be something. Now, this game would mean what for blank? Okay, the last blank, we are going to talk about that school down the road. Uh, because, I can't lie! 
I can't lie, this is kind of getting a little exciting if this happens. Um, if Michigan State beats Michigan, it does not kill their tournament dreams. First and foremost, just want to say that. I, I know that if Michigan State wins tonight, that's going to be a big storyline. Like, oh my god, Mich the Wolverines uh, have gone from top 10 team preseason to not in the tournament. Like, no, no, no. They'll still have a shot. This will just be a pretty big blow to it, though. If Michigan State beats Michigan, Bart Torvik says that Michigan would have to go 2-1 and one the rest of the way to assuredly make the tournament. Okay, this is the last three games that they have after Michigan State. They have home against Iowa and then hit the road against Ohio State. And then your first Big Ten tournament game right now is looking like it's going to be Indiana. So, Iowa, I, I, I no doubt that they could beat them. I think that they're a great matchup against Iowa. Uh, Iowa does not have the bigs to run with Michigan. But that road game against Ohio State... That could get sticky, and then, oh my, you play Indiana, that could be a toss-up here. So yes, if you beat the Michigan Wolverines, it doesn't put a knife completely in the heart of their tournament dreams. It just it just really means that they've got to turn the Jets on with three games to go and not a lot of time between said games. We're going to get to that in a little bit, though, as we dive more into this matchup between the Spartans and Wolverines. How on earth does Michigan State win? What's changed since the last time? And, yeah, let's just refresh everyone on what happened last time, too. But first, I have to talk to you fine folks about Run Your Pool. That's right, runyourpool.com. March Madness is only a few weeks away, which is uh, bananas to me. Uh, but that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Or are you looking for the best? Well, we've done our homework here, and we are running our brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers different game formats like Survivor or Pick X. Uh, they're awesome. Go check them out. Uh, they have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks way more than ESPN and CBS. And if you got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness, that madness magic, and play alongside your employees. Or, hey, play against your customers, try to pick up some new ones there as well. And they also offer white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll find. We believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. I, there's no truer test than that. And if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness, all one word, Pure Madness, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. And we look forward to seeing you and beating you at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And before getting more into tonight's game, I just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. All right. What on earth happened the last time these two teams met, which uh, now seems like, uh, to me, seven months ago uh, at this point. But, uh, you know, the, the day itself felt like seven months ago. But those feelings of sweet victory over those Wolverines, well, that's just something that doesn't leave you, no matter how long ago the game was. So Michigan State beat the Michigan Wolverines by a score of 257 to, uh, I don't know, 60-something. They, they beat them pretty good. Uh, first half, Michigan State got back cut to death. Uh, a lot of good pick and roll action on Michigan's part too. However, Michigan State got 14 points from Max Christie in the first half and the Spartans were up four points at halftime. And then my goodness gracious, they turned the Jets on in the second half. Now on Michigan's side, yes, Hunter Dickinson, he had 25 points. It's pretty good. 
However, it took him 19 shots to get there, and he got 9 of those points from the free throw line. Strong performance at the free throw line. 9 of 10 shooting. Gotta say, tip of the hat to him there. Uh, Diabate uh, was strong. He had 11 points, 9 rebounds. That will be a massive, massive matchup tonight. Christie, like we said, 16 points in the whole game, 14 in the first half. A.J. Hogarth off the bench was great. 11 points, 10 assists, and Marcus Bingham. Only 4 points. However, four blocks and eight rebounds, so he played strong as well. So what on earth is going to be different tonight than it was the last time these teams met? Well, Michigan State side, I think the, the first note is the obvious one, and that is the lineup that Michigan State has gone with. Yes, uh, it hasn't been a, a glorious road through February ever since the Wolverines left Breslin Center for Michigan State. Uh, so they shook up the lineup. Of course, you plug in Malik Hall, you plug in Julius Marble to that starting lineup. Also, A.J. Hogarth is now your starting point guard. So that is going to be different as well. We'll get to what that means in a little bit. And also different than last game, and this is maybe something that uh, you don't necessarily want to hear, but it's something that you're already aware of, it's that Max Christie has struggled to find his shot since then. Uh, yes, since then. There's been eight games uh, since he went nuclear in the first half against the Wolverines. But in those last eight games, he is a combined 16% from beyond the arc. So uh, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe Water finds its level and he starts to find that shot again. Hey, that'd be a great time to do so. Now, uh, for, Il for Illinois, for Michigan, uh, just how, how has life been for them since? Okay, well, it's been up and down. They had that great win against Purdue, but they've also just kind of underwhelmed as they've been doing all season. Uh, last game, Sunday. A mere 50 hours uh, before tip-off is going to be tonight. They ran their legs into the ground uh, in a game that was played at just a blistering pace. I think the score was 93-85, to 85, and all five of the Wolverine starters logged 30 or more minutes. Uh, Eli Brooks, the Wolverines' pretty much sole true point guard, 37 minutes on Sunday. Now, however, I will say I've been very impressed with Brooks and his conditioning this year. He, he has averaged 35 minutes the whole season. This man has the lung capacity of a cross-country runner. So, I, you know, he's at a lot of minutes, but might not be affecting him too much. But, boy, howdy, if there was ever a time uh, to be affected by it, it would probably be in late February, early March here. So, Michigan, still not a great three-point shooting team. They're shooting it at 33% on the season. That is fourth worst in the conference. And last time they visited Breslin Center, they shot three of 19. Absolutely putrid. Uh, my guess is, though, that they'll be a little more comfortable in their home arena tonight. But still, it's not really anything they put a lot of emphasis on. Now, one other thing that I want to mention here that's not gone well for the Wolverines is their bench. If I'm a Wolverine fan, I, that is a wildly, wildly concerning predicament that they have going on there. Uh, you might be saying, why? What's going on on the bench for the Wolverines? Nothing. And that's the problem. Uh, their bench does not contribute a lot at all. They just contributed 10 points against Illinois. They contributed 7 points against Rutgers. Granted, they won that game, but still 7 points. Okay, They only chipped in 8 points against Wisconsin. They got 12 points against Iowa... But that was kind of fluky because Kobe Bufkin had 10 points. But still, 12, not a whole lot, especially in a game that high scoring. And then the game before that, just four points against Ohio State. Yes, the last five games, they, they don't get anything from their bench. And it's kind of been like that all season, too. And I'm sorry, I forgot one other note, too, for what's been going bad for Michigan. I don't know how intimidating of an atmosphere it will be tonight. 
Now, before I go any further, I will say any road game in the conference is a tough game. Michigan State had a hard time going down to Evanston when they had roughly 16 people in the crowd. It's still tough. And yes, of course, Michigan is going to have their fans there. But not their loud ones. The Maze Rage. They are on student break or spring break or whatever it is down there. And uh, it, it's not the most competitive ticket to get into the door tonight as I just checked StubHub. And you can find yourself in Chrysler Arena for uh, 30 bucks, which for a must-win game late in the season against your rival to get to March Madness, that, that doesn't seem too high of a, of a price point. It doesn't seem like a lot of Wolverine fans are clamoring to get through that door. Now, with that said, what has been going right for Michigan? Um, this Hunter Dickinson guy, you know, the, the really tall guy, uh, still good. Yeah, he's still good. Yes, I, I know that uh, you know 25 points last game on 19 shots, and yeah, I ragged on him a little bit for that. Well, not ragged on him so much as I ragged on Juwan Howard's comments after the game where he was just lauding this 25-point performance, but yeah, he's still going to be a problem. And the name of the game here is how on earth are they going to defend him and also Musa Diabate, um, who, is, you know, that kid, you know, he's always a candidate to not just go nuclear in the handshake line, but also on the box score as well. So we just wrapped up two games where how Michigan State is going to defend the opponent's bigs was a massive, massive indicator of, well, how the game was going to go. Against Illinois, they collapsed on Kofi Coburn. Coburn finds open guys, and okay, and we're getting blitzed uh, by Grandison for more than 20 points. Okay, well, Purdue, they go solo against the bigs. They say, all right, bigs, you can eat, go for it, just don't pass it to your dead-eye three-point shooters. They didn't. Purdue fell right into the trap, and Michigan State wins. Very fascinated to see how they're going to do it tonight. Last game, they kind of mixed it up a little bit. A little bit of help, but not... It was more of like shadowing. You know, it wasn't completely collapsing on the guy and just trying to strip the ball from Dickinson's hands or Diabate's hands. It was kind of shadowing, so I think we'll see more of that tonight. That's going to be a big indicator of this game, though. And also one other thing that's going well for Michigan. And yeah, I'm bringing up their big three because that's really the only thing that seems to be going well lately, knock on wood, uh, is Caleb Houston, back-to-back 21-point games, but he's been up and down all year, so hopefully we can find a, a down moment from him tonight. We'll see. So how on earth does MSU win this game? Now, you, you know, you might say that, well, yeah, of course they're going to win this game. Like, it's Michigan's not good. Michigan State just had a big win. Our friends at Bart Torvik, uh, they have this as a five-point Michigan victory, actually. So, yes, uh, the, the books will have this out as a Michigan. Probably a minus-four spread. Still a little early right now, but, yeah, Michigan is expected to win this game by the computers and Vegas. But we, of course, learned Saturday that that doesn't always matter. So how on earth does Michigan State pull off this little upset here? I think we need a Malik Hall game. And whether it be just chipping in points, which is always fun, adding rebounds, which is neat, I think mostly it's going to be defending Diabate. I think him on him for a probably a 33-minute date tonight, uh, that's going to be a big indicator of how this game goes. Because Dickinson, he'll probably get his. But it's how you defend the other guys that are going to be just getting into the paint for you. So you need a strong defensive effort by Hauser by Hall, by Marble, by Bingham, sure, Sissoko, and maybe even Brown as well. So it, it, it's going to really come to post-defense, front-court defense. And also, if we could just get Michigan to shoot their season average of three-point shooting, like 33%, and if their bench numbers can just be just still bad this game, like basically 
we don't need an anomaly from them, right? I mean, something that's out of Michigan State's control for the most part, but we don't need like an out-of-nowhere game from Kobe Bufkin off the bench or a insane game from Frank Collins who decides to add like 12 points. Like, if, if Michigan just is Michigan tonight, like, it, you should be able to win if, if you mitigate the damage that Michigan can do in the post here. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. We will recap the game uh, tonight, of course. And we got Graham Nelson on. Uh, to recap this game as well. So looking forward to that. We had Graham on a few weeks ago. He was awesome. So looking forward to riffing about the game tonight. Now, we're not done with this episode just yet. Yes, we got some quotes from Tom Izzo's press conference that I want to go over here in a hot second. But first, I need to talk to you fine, fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! Football might be over for the season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. So from the latest odds, Totals, player performance props to where on earth the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it ain't just basketball. Mm-mm. BetOnline is your source for hockey, your source for boxing, your source for UFC, and don't forget golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. That's at BetOnline.net where the game starts. All right, before getting to some Tom Izzo quotes from today's press conference to round out the show, um, we got an email that I wanted to get to, actually. Uh, this is from Jonathan. It says, Matt, love the show, longtime listener, first-time emailer. Thank you so much, Jonathan. You are the man. Uh, really, all of you are when you guys listen, email, love every single one of you guys, so thank you so much. If you ever want to reach out, lockedonspartans at gmail.com. All right, so back to his email. He writes, maybe it's the media coverage, but it seems like the last couple wins versus Indiana and Purdue, we have been chirping a bit more and have been more aggressive. Do you think MSU needs to adopt an old-school Pistons bad boy persona to find success this season? Um, Everything up unto the bad boys persona to the point where they're like throwing uppercuts as guys are driving into the lane, uh, putting elbows through their opponent's ears... Um. Don't get me wrong, I love watching the, the bad boys highlights and everything like that, but maybe for this year's Michigan State team, don't don't commit and do all of that. Uh, but the trash talking, I'm all about. The the physicality, the the aggressiveness, absolutely. And I think you have to, because now this is something we talked about a few weeks ago, is that this team is just not good enough to win on talent alone. You have to act like someone that you're not sometimes. And right now, like on Saturday. Was Michigan State a team that should have been arrogant, that should have been cocky, that should have been uh, just a, a pest to a top-five Purdue team? Absolutely not. But they were. And just like Jonathan wrote in his email, uh, maybe it's media coverage. Yeah, that was one thing that I thought I'd noticed on the court during the game, but talking with people that either sit very close uh, to the court or the media members that, of course, sit close to the court as well, it's like, AJ talks a lot more than you would ever know during a basketball game, which I think is fascinating. And, yeah, I think you do need an edge like that. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Like, this isn't, what, that 2017 team with uh, Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson that was just on talent alone was good enough to win. Now, I think it's clear by now that this team has some deficiencies, but you can make up for that just by uh, just putting it all out there just as far as <laughs> aggressiveness and just chatting and talking. But, yeah, sometimes it backfires. Uh, of course it does. It's not a, a fix-all to everything. But I'd, I'd rather see that mentality than not see it at all. And, boy, does it look good when, when you can turn it into a win. And, yeah, we'll see if it happens again tonight and the rest of the season. Really interested to see how Malik Hall handles that matchup, man. 
old experienced guy against a young freshman, but a freshman that's very talented in Diabate. I, I'm sure that'll get very, very chippy as uh, Diabate uh, likes to uh, stir his emotions as well here and there, for better or for worse. Um, all right, so two quotes from Izzo's press conference I just wanted to hit on today. thought these were both interesting. Uh, the first one is, uh, this is from Chris Solari, uh, of course, free press beat reporter. For Michigan State, uh, MSU is in midterms this week on top of the short turnaround to the Ohio State game. Izzo said players had to change classes around, then plans to bus from Ann Arbor to Columbus for Thursday's Ohio State game. So yeah, uh, just to really kind of paint a picture of how tough this week is going to be, you add that in there, as if doing back-to-back road games within a 50-hour stretch wasn't hard enough. Uh, how about some midterms for you? How about not even coming back home between games? Just going right back to Ann Arbor, to Columbus. And then finally being able to sleep in your bed again on Friday. No, it's not like they're flying to, what, South Africa to play this game. Like, yeah, it, you know, it's just a little bus ride an hour over to Ann Arbor and then four hours down to Ohio State. But still, it's a whole comfortability thing and you combine that with quick turnaround. Play Tuesday, play Thursday. And, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, you got some midterms as well. <laughs> no thanks. So uh, I'll just try to remember that if uh, this team ever starts to annoy me with inane turnovers or lack of defensive rebounding the next few nights. Remember, they're, they're just kids. They're trying their best. And the more important quote that I wanted to get to right here, and we'll get plenty more into this as the season ends, um, and it is about the three seniors. Izzo had a long, long answer, but uh, Graham Couch, of course, friend of the program, columnist for Land State Journal, tweets this out, trying to boil it down into one tweet. Quote, let's face it, all three seniors could come back. He's talking about Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, Joey Hauser. Uh, I don't think that'll happen, but I don't know what will happen. There will be a lot of interesting conversations, uh, and then goes on to say it's been a traumatic two years. Now, maybe the word traumatic might seem a a little too much, but then again, it's very hard to put myself in the shoes of a situation I quite literally have never been in, and certainly going back to last year when when I mean that, is that, yeah, you play a whole season, not in solitary confinement, but really, really tight conditions where it's pretty much just you and the team, Uh, you are in a, a modified bubble, if you will, uh, just cancellations here and there. Probably just the, the anxiety of just COVID in general. You're getting tested all the time. It's like, oh my God, will, will we be able to play today? And again, like I, now I'm just babbling because I, I literally can't even wrap my head around what these players have gone through. And okay, you add in the struggles too of the seasons as well. And the three seniors too, like they've had up and downs individually as well. Like, I don't know if this is the season that Marcus Bingham thought he was going to have or he was going to get put on the bench late in February. I don't know if Gabe Brown was really looking at a season where, yeah, you know, I'm also going to go a month straight where I'm really struggling and I'm going to not be mentally in a, in a good place as far as confidence goes, for sure. And then Joey Hauser, like, his ups and downs has been well documented as well. Now, with that said, you watch these guys play. Good body language. There's not a sour apple amongst the group, as far as I can tell. If it happens, it's behind closed doors and we're not seeing it. But yeah, all things considered, it it looks like that they're still all in. Like Bingham, like he's a a ball of energy still. Gabe Brown, he's still that energetic guy. Joey Hauser seems to be having a good time out there. So yeah, I don't think that these guys are just dying to leave uh, because they're so unhappy with how the season's going. But man... I'll tell you what, uh, four years in college, uh, that, that, that could be a lot, especially for a student athlete. And then that would be a fifth year next year. 
Well, oh boy, uh, if one of those years were in the COVID conditions, and um, listen, this year's had its hiccups too, those years start to add up, man. So listen, whether they want to leave school, and I don't think any of them are an NBA prospect, but you don't have to be to make a career in basketball. You can go overseas. Or we just saw this last year. You'd be like Josh Langford, say, no, I really don't want to come back for another season here. My time here is done. And actually, I'm just done with basketball in general. Like, that's, that's squarely on the table, too. So, again, like, I just want to throw this at the end of the third segment. This is a bigger conversation that we will be having once the season ends, whether that be in two weeks or, no, I'm sorry, three weeks or four weeks or, hey, five weeks. Let's go. Let's be optimistic. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating that those conversations were starting to happen at the press conference right there. And uh, it's no coincidence that it happens with Senior Day coming up this Sunday. Which I'll be at. That's right. We'll be in the nosebleeds. Just wave up and I'll wave down to you from above the banners. Um, yeah, so that's just, wow, it's just really interesting to see this how this unfolds. I'm not going to speculate right now and guess who comes back and who doesn't. Uh, because I'll save that for, for after the season and see where the rest of the season takes us. Because yeah, a lot can change here in the last few weeks. All right, gang. Hey, this is it. You, you've reached the end of another episode of Locked on Spartans, and I uh, can't thank you enough for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. We will be back tomorrow recapping tonight's game, uh, getting into some more basketball stuff, or if any breaking news happens, yeah, we'll hit on that as well. And then the day after, we've got a big guest, uh, Mark Titus. Yeah, that's right, of Titus and Tate, Club Trillion. You probably know him from a few thousand different things. We've got an interview set up for him to talk about the MSU versus Ohio State matchup, uh, just Michigan State basketball, Big Ten basketball in general. Honestly, no idea where the conversation is going to go, but I do know it's going to be an awesome one because uh, Mark Titus is one of my favorite personalities, and God, can't wait to have him on the show. That's going to be a great one. So thank you guys for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go on with your bad selves and make Locked On NFL Draft that second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available where you find folks get your podcast. All right, let's have a good time watching the game tonight. Love you all. Go Green.